The Blockbusters Podcast is a proud member of the Pod Bros Network, where you can find us as well as other excellent podcasts such as Sarcasm City, Worst Millennials, and Late Night Gamers at podbros.com. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy another episode of the Blockbusters Podcast. Tonight's story is somewhat unique and calls for a different kind of introduction. Today we are canceling the apocalypse! Wait a minute, wait a minute, you ain't heard nothing yet. And uh, this is? Lilu Dallas Multipass. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Houston, we have a problem. Have you tried turning it off and on again? Gentlemen, you can't fight in here, this is the war room! Now, where was I? Welcome to episode 97 of the Blockbusters podcast. I'm Paul. And I'm Brian. And today we will be covering the 1988-89 film Earth Girls Are Easy. And uh, before we get into that, I'll do nuts and bolts real quick. You can follow us on Twitter, Blockbusters, Facebook.com slash Blockbusters. We're on Instagram at Blockbusters. You can email Blockbusterpodcast at gmail.com. And we're at Blockbusters.web.com. Or you can go to Podbro.com. And look for Blockbusters there because it looks a little nicer. Uh, <laughs> I'm fairly confident that runs through your head as you sleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're on that side. It's like, oh yeah, this is a little, little, little cleaner than the one we got. Anyway, uh, so on top of myself and Brian today, we have a little treat for you. We have brought in Canadian Steve. <laughs> What's up, eh? Oh, okay. <laughs> I have to get that off. All right. All right. Yeah. Uh, I will try to refrain from mimicry. Um, as much as Paul loves my English accent, I will uh, oh, yeah. attempt <laughs> yeah, any Canadian uh, efforts here. So, uh, pleasure to have you, Canadian Steve. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, and thank you for answering our call. It's very kind of you. Always, always willing and able, us Canadians. <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, uh, just diving into the nitty-gritty of this film then, directed by Julian Temple. Now, the budget and box office I couldn't definitively find, uh, so I'm basically taking this off Wikipedia, so take that yeah, as it was. Yeah, uh, exactly. A reported production budget of $10 million. And a box office of three million nine hundred sixteen thousand three hundred and three. So not exactly what you would call a smashing success financially. No. Uh, the budget was cut from fourteen, I believe. Yes, um, as a, a deal to get the distribution. Um, okay, I don't know about you guys with inflation and everything, but ten million on what though? Exactly. It certainly right. wasn't the computer effects. Yeah. <laughs> the first perception I got as soon as I saw the intro and everything and the aliens right off the bat is am, am I watching a Dr. Zeus film here? <laughs> well, oh my god there are so many uh, analogies to go with here, but yeah um, like, my only thing is maybe those suits each cost like a hundred grand a piece or something um, and that still maybe doesn't even get then. you uh, Jim Carrey wasn't very, couldn't have been very expensive uh, then um, yeah, so I don't know where this budget went um, yeah, I... Goldblum, I mean, he was an 80s star already yeah. So he could have commanded a, a little higher price tag, but I have Unless no idea where you get ten million out of this. It feels more like three or four million. Yeah, De mm. definitely feels more like 
someone's second film straight out of film school. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, they, they managed and to that, get a couple of big names. Did he? Yeah. Did he do anything of note Temple after this? Because I know his first one was a dud, and that was what kind of gave uh, Warner Brothers trepidation about picking this uh, up. Yeah, well, um, um, I don't know, because uh, I... I hadn't actually heard of this guy before this film. Me neither. This is the first movie I've heard of him. Yeah. Apparently he did a movie called Bullet in 96. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, with Bullet? Yeah. Is that with, yeah. With, with the Waynes Brothers as well? Um, I don't know. Possibly. I don't know. If they are, they're low on the cast list. I'm not seeing them. I'd say I, I know it. Yeah, it's something else. Definitely wasn't a Steve McQueen vehicle, that's for damn sure. <laughs> Tupac. Tupac was in it. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, anyway, that's who we were doing with. But, uh... <laughs> yeah, I, I can't say I recognize any names here. Maybe Glastonbury. Sure. I think I might have heard of that one. Yeah, but that's so essentially an unknown. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even for the time. Well, yeah. Oh, well. Uh... <laughs> yeah, so, so... this. This film also had... A, I'll just run through the whole card oh, real okay. quick. So, yeah, Gina Davis is Valerie Gale. Jeff Goldblum is Mac. Jim Carrey is Whiplock. Damon Wayans is Zebo. Julie Brown is Candy Pink. Because mm-hmm. why not? Um, yeah, exactly. I, could run, I could run through the other names here. Oh, well, um, I know we will... Please tell me we're going to get into him later, but uh, Michael McKeon is Woody. Yes, I, okay. I think so. Uh, <laughs> let's not... Uh, let's save a little dessert <laughs> for later. All um, right. Uh, yeah. Now, uh, I know we generally have the guests kind of go for it, but I, I do want to say uh, this film was... Basically kind of came about this review of it as someone said, I think it was Colleen was basically saying, oh, you need to do our girls so easy. And it was just like, okay. Let's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's about how hard it is to convince us to do yeah, it. Yeah. A, so. a fan request <laughs> will pretty much do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my entire history with this film before I hit play right. was that I knew that Jeff Goldblum was in it and he played a blue alien. So, okay, so this was a, like, uh, so just, yeah, so you know, uh, Steve, uh, yeah, Paul and I generally don't discuss the watch, the watches before we record. No. Uh, just to try to keep things fresh as possible. But yeah, I'm just learning this is his first watch. Yes. Uh, which, which makes me smile ear to ear. It was my first watch and I genuinely went in 100% blind. I knew nothing wow. about this film. Wow. I, okay. Um, as the Canadian, I apologize for that. <laughs> so, with that in mind, just a quick, like, thirty-second, one-minute overall view of this movie. Um, what did you think? Well, uh, first and foremost, I think about halfway through the film, my thought process was, "What exactly am I still watching?" Because <laughs> 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 mm-hmm. there wasn't a huge amount of cohesion, really. It just seemed to be a whole bunch of. 80s tropes and imagery mm-hmm. and soundtracks just thrown in together. Uh, but I would say overall, uh, it was definitely an enjoyable watch. <laughs> I think. Yes. Oh, okay. to, to not to not uh, give too much away about uh, like my feelings about different things in the film. Yeah, so this was definitely something that I am happy that I have watched. So okay, fair enough. Um, <laughs> what's your history with it, Steve? Well, I watched it when it originally came out. I was about nine or ten, so I watched okay. it then. And as a child, obviously, it was the greatest thing ever. But now, again, <laughs> without spoiling everything that I'm, we're going to dive into, it really didn't hold up. But I could see why I liked it as a child. Mm. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, 
I, I was trying to pinpoint the first time I saw this, and who knows, because I was writing so many videotapes as a kid. And this was probably one I snuck in that I knew I probably wasn't allowed to see or something, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, hit it in um, some other kid-friendly box, because <laughs> you can do, always do that um, yep. when you're doing the videotapes. Um but yeah, and it also explains why um, Gina Davis is probably an early crush of mine. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I feel like I saw this a lot um, in my younger years, and it was always one of those that would just be on randomly um, in the afternoon on like USA Network or something. Right. Um, and just like four o'clock, and you just watch like half an hour of it. Um, but yeah, this is my first time going back to it and watching it in completion in probably a couple decades at least. <laughs> so yeah, like, along with you, Steve, I don't think it held up entirely. I did enjoy it right. a lot more than I thought I would, this, yeah. this rewatch. Um, yeah, we'll get into some things later, but, um, yeah, please. <laughs> but, but yeah, the third, yeah, as far as like the third act and stuff goes, but, um, for the most part, it, it's a really fun, campy watch. Uh, yeah, 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 very, very campy. That is a very good word to describe this film. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, I, I may as well, it, it'll leap into a, a big selling point of this film as well. But the first note I wrote down was, right. oh, it's a musical? <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. You too. That was, you know what? I'm looking at my notes right here. Same thing. And I'm yeah. I don't like singing in movies unless it's the Lion King. That's okay. It. <laughs> okay. Well, that is a, uh, a high uh, high bar to hit. But yeah, I appreciate you uh, having those standards. Uh, yeah, I had forgotten that too. I'm like, oh. I know. And I was like, because when they first start off in the, I think the the beauty shop or whatever is like yeah. the first number. When she which, has to make wait, what what was the name of the beauty shop again? Oh, uh, it's a terrific pun. I you need to like look that up. Or, yeah, yeah look that I, up. I will do a quick. Um, cut, oh, cut uh, and, curl up and die. Curl up and die. <laughs> yes, great. Um, but yeah, when they started, I'm like, oh, is this a one off or is this <laughs> going to keep happening? <laughs> and it, it, you know. It's, they do enough. define it as, I think the Wikipedia does call it like a musical slash um, science fiction slash 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 slash, you know, yeah, hundred other things. Uh, but a musical, romantic, yeah. comedy, science fiction film. Exactly. <laughs> yes. um, the best of its genre. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I had forgotten it was a musical. And I, I uh, apparently am the one of the three of us that really enjoys musicals, uh, oh, especially uh, movie musicals. <laughs> yeah. And um but I wouldn't really call this a music. I mean, it only has what maybe four or five numbers. Yeah, um, right. I think I, I feel like whoever put this together was a big fan of Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, I was right. like, let's kind of do well, Rocky Horror Picture Show see, light. I was getting more. Um, uh, shoot, now I'm losing it. Little Shop of Horrors vibe. Okay. From the, yeah, the campiness. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, there's like this just entire movie reminded me of just like a combination of like Mystery Science Theater 3000 um, <laughs> with the the like the actual show of Mystery Science Theater and a movie they would actually possibly <laughs> review or you know uh, comment yeah. on combined with like Little Shop of Horrors combined with late night Cinemax movie, <laughs> uh, but like a PG 13 version of a, of a 2 AM Cinemax movie. Right. Uh, but, uh, yeah. but is it just me or when we watched it as a child, wasn't there more nudity in it? Uh, that maybe that was just our wishful no. thinking. I don't know. Well, I, I, I assume what it is, is 
Like, as children, you don't see people in very skimpy bikinis. Well, that are essentially see-through. Or Gina Davis. God, I hope she uh, (laughs) is happy with that. She doesn't regret doing that role too much. Not knowing too much about Gina Davis, I would assume she probably doesn't. (laughs) I'm sure she was having fun. Yes. Well, as we learned, um, and I don't know if you were aware of this, Steve, she was madly in love with uh, Mac at the time. Yes. And they were actually married during the production of this film. Oh, really? Yeah, Jeff Goldblum and Gina Davis. Yeah. This is their third film together. Um, The Fly, Transylvania 65,000? I'm not going to go back and look that up again, but um, yeah, and then this one. Um, Yeah, so obviously did not last. I think he's been married a few times. I mean, you cannot contain the sexiness that is cool. He's funneling it into his... uh, I can't remember the food now. He's got a food truck, but I don't remember. Oh, what's yes, the food truck. Just in yeah. Australia at the moment. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. Um, but do you know who else was in mind for the role of Valerie? Then? I heard a couple. I will let you uh, share, though. All right. Yes, well, uh, they were considering both Madonna and Molly Ringwald. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. I'm not. I maybe possibly Madonna. Maybe see, I, I could see Molly Ringwald more than Madonna. Oh, no, she's too I, the girl Doris. She's not, I guess, slutty enough. You know what I mean? Mm. <laughs> Earth girls are easy enough. <laughs> <Pretty much. laughs> yeah, so I gotta get one of those in an episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know, but yeah, there was a longer list I saw, but I can't think of uh, the other ones. But yeah, those were the two big ones, I think, that were on there. Well, Madonna did make a cameo when they flipped over that that record and she was on the cover so oh there Maybe you go a- yeah. <laughs> well then as did julio iglesias <laughs> yes she did yes i popped when i saw that that was hilarious <laughs> yeah i did when when he walks in record first i was like mm-hmm. is this a, a thing was this like a so I bought you a makeup record. This is what we did in the 80s fall. Yeah, we would just screw yep. people over and then bring them records, and then we were good. Yeah. True. Yeah. And just believe us, it definitely happened. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, I would say overall, the like, the mute, like, the songs and also just the soundtrack for this film is equally off the walls insane and perfect 80s cheese type thing i i think it was oh, yeah. uh, it was a really cool mix of songs that definitely made it more enjoyable to watch i think if it had just been like you know, less weird song choices then i, I think it uh, it wouldn't have been as enjoyable yeah well I, the only exception is uh, i'm going to jump ahead here but i guess we'll circle oh, back you're good was is the last song that they performed which one was that? i'm a blonde yeah yeah uh, yeah because uh, i'm a blonde yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, there was no need for that song yeah, <laughs> i want those last those five minutes of my life back honestly it was added in steve uh to pad <laughs> to pad the running time i believe um oh, yes yeah it was uh reshoots or not reshoot but yeah additional um uh, shooting there um that they yeah actually that when they rolled the credits and i would have been fine with that <laughs> it did feel like a yeah like a over the credits song um, yeah, i i kind of like how if you uh if you try and look up the information about the company that agreed to distribute it the the lauren tills or T, whatever entertainment group 
And it, it just says here, reshoot, later commence the song because I'm a blonde was injected into film late in production. By which time that group had filed for oh, bankruptcy. The, the De, De Laurentiis. Um, yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> who, you know, Giada, she's, you know, a celeb chef or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, it was her grandfather's uh, company. So, um, so it was like, do you think that the reshoot caused them to go into bankruptcy? Because that's a horrible... <laughs> <laughs> that is a hell of a footnote on your... <laughs> But yeah, that oh my gosh, I know we're like you said we're ahead of ourselves, but the lyrics of that thing were just insane. Uh, I can't spell VW, but I have a Porsche. <laughs> I don't have to think. I talk like a baby, and I never pay for drinks. <laughs> yeah, I'm just oh saying, like yeah, because yeah, I'm a blonde. B L uh, whatever. And <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think I blocked it from memory, but I want to say uh, I think Wayans and Carrie were only in a couple shots. Like right. it was mostly extras, and then that the the woman singing. Yeah, I I yeah. think I think what happens is like she's singing, and she goes by some people, mm-hmm. and then she goes off, yeah. and continues singing the song, and then uh, Carrie and Wayne's kind of yeah. mess with the people. So I think they, they showed by. up for like three hours on like <laughs> a, a Saturday afternoon or something, and like, okay, yeah, get us the hell out of here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. That's, that's how we all felt i think during that one <laughs> yeah i i feel like they would have had more material if they just let carrie and wayne's loose on the beach with some extras just doing bits around and mm-hmm. here you go like make a scene mm-hmm. <laughs> because it was early fire marshal bill stuff for uh yeah uh, yeah but yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, I will admit that song. I kind of forgot about that song. That song is <laughs> very forgettable, completely out of nowhere, and doesn't really feel like it's part of the film. But not <laughs> at all. No, <laughs> you can definitely tell it was added in. But like the previous ones made sense. Like the ones where they, I guess, shave them all down. Like that, mm-hmm. that one, okay, that makes sense because you're actually doing something. And even the dance off. Oh, that dance oh, yeah. off is. <laughs> yeah, that, I will admit I fast forwarded through part of that dance off. <laughs> it does go on a little while. I, well, I was taking notes that I knew. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, 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 I guess if you go in with it tongue in cheek and you know what it is, it, you know, I actually enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, it was my first watch, so I watched the entire thing, and it was uh, it was just very. Odd. It was almost like um, they were trying to do like a Saturday Night Fever <laughs> type thing, and they were like. No, nah, never mind. <laughs> we'll give that up and just have a dance off. <laughs> yeah, I, I did like the first number, that brand new girl number. Yeah. I, I thought that was that was I thought a lot of fun. Yeah, and it seemed to me that Gina Davis's character for most of that song is kind of like as if she realized like, oh, everyone else is singing and dancing. Um, I'll go over here. Like, I'll, <laughs> I'll just get out. Of, I'll get out of your way. <laughs> yeah, it's like. Uh, am I still in the shot? Oh, shit, I'm still in the shot. Let me walk a few pieces over. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, but yeah, so most of the music get very fitting for this style of film. Uh, you know, the more uh, we're talking about this, the more I think I really liked it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> I know. I know what's happening, but... Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, I mean, if we're... Right now, we're just talking about I, one aspect I, of it. Let's I will say, I like, wish, oh. you know, this does feel like something that you should be probably pretty high for, but <laughs> I was stone cold sober. Well, I mean, there is actually, there is a line in the film that I wrote down because I was like, I, I couldn't believe the line was in there. And it, uh, I think she's talking to Candy about the aliens and someone says, what did you say? And her response is, oh, nothing. I'm on drugs. Yes. Oh, it, well, it was the 80s, Paul. They, everyone was on drugs. Okay. Uh, we're... we're we were doing coke yeah, it, and yeah. I mean, yeah, it was uh, it was pretty much 
almost revenge him just to. Uh... Hey, you know what? Maybe that's where the ten million went to. To all the oh, yeah, the drugs for the on set. Absolutely. All together. And then Oliver Stone visited the set one day, and then they were out of drugs. So yeah, yeah. So, well. yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like she's related to the character from American Psycho. <laughs> we pipe down. I'm trying to do drugs. <laughs> well, actually, speaking of drugs, perfect segue. Okay, is it me or did Mac like the original Cosby when he took out uh, what's her name, uh, uh, Valerie, and, and tried to to get her to sleep with him? Because she kept saying no, no, no. He kept taking off his clothes. He touches yeah, her. That, that scene was a little Isn't bit. Isn't that like original Cosby, like right well, there? Well, I mean, yeah, I don't want to <laughs> get too much into the current news cycle, but um, that did give me pause for a second. I'm like, eh, it's a little uncomfortable. It felt a little James Bondish, you know, where he's just like. No, right? That was kind of. Uh, no. I don't, yes. Yes. No. Yeah. And he's just, yeah. And she's sitting there like, wait, I don't even know if we're going to be anatomically, you know, well, oh, okay, I guess we are, yep. Yeah. <laughs> do, you know, do you know what it actually Horses reminded of- me of? What's that? Oh. And so it, that, that reminded me of in Young Frankenstein, when the the monster gets um, uh, Gene Wilder's fiance in that cave, and, <laughs> and it, he ends up basically raping her as well, but obviously she's very willing at the end of it. Like it kind of felt, okay. yeah. <laughs> kind of felt very similar to that. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, it, it seems like you weren't okay. quite sure where I was going with that. No, uh, no. Um, I, I think I like to have heard Steve's tangent. <laughs> Steve, where were you going? Save us. Yeah. Well, I was going with that. Uh, Mac was was like a creep because even after with the two cops, he made them fall in love. It's like he 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 gave them ecstasy or something and slipped them a drug, and next thing you know, they're in love. Like he, he gave them the love touch. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I. I I wrote down yeah, on one of my notes, I said, uh, gay friendly, question mark, maybe? Uh, <laughs> like, you know, like, uh, was this ahead of its time? Like, um, love is love. Uh, good for them. Like, that's oh. what they were going with. But um, yeah, I so, said like gay positive, maybe. But yeah, because um, it wasn't really played up to too campy at that moment. They were just, yeah, like, oh, well, there you know, yeah. yeah. Now, I, I do in your eyes. I do wonder, because... <laughs> It seemed either you can argue that it only really works once mm-hmm. or it just heightens feelings that are already there because obviously like, right at the end of the film, he does it to uh, Gina Davis and oh. Michael McKean and Gina Davis ends up like not wanting to do it because she's not in love with him. So it's like, like is it you know the same as it's not exactly rehypno or anything like that but it just exactly where you're going because i felt the same way i'm like this is not too consistent here what does he just control it the way he wants to can people break it when they want to like what's going on what, what's like the consistency yeah it's like does it wear off after a while or you're just yeah, yeah. maybe it's more like that he touches you and it's as if you've just had four beers so like yeah <laughs> you're gone but you're still kind of there See, it's one of those elements that make me think of those really like kind of late at night movies yeah. or whatever just like nope we're gonna put him in space he can touch him and make him fall in love with him it's okay well, that's that's our plot let's go uh, take your clothes off yeah um, uh, in space no rules out there <laughs> exactly <laughs> in space no one can resist love touch yeah, yeah. um I don't know where to go from here. Uh, well, <laughs> well, the, well uh, even with even with with the with the um the whole way that 
I guess Gina Davis's character and Jeff Goldblum's character fell in love literally came out of nowhere other than her physically seeing him with no hair. Like there was no lead yeah. up, there was nothing, oh. it was just, oh, you're a supermodel? Oh, I love you now. Oh, so thank real? you so much for bringing this up, Canadian Steve, because <laughs> one, of my, one of our favorite things to do is pick nits. And, um, <laughs> well, I do that all the time on my yes, show. Yes, so, so, okay, so these aliens are fur-covered aliens. Mm-hmm. Um, they yep. wear these helmets for some reason. Mm-hmm. And under yep. these helmets, apparently they just have gorgeous human hair. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Either that, or she took all the hair that she apparently shaved off. And dyed it? <laughs> Glued well, it on and then dyed it? Well, and, and that also brings up um, the second question as well. Like, did she also decide to dye Zebo? Like, it's like, oh, okay, well, white, white, black. Like, I was so, so worried when he came out black. I'm like, oh my God, what are they going to say? I don't remember. It's going to be awful. <laughs> <laughs> and luckily, she was like, it was kind of like excited. Like, oh, hey, he's black. You know? Yeah, um, I was glad. Yeah, I was like, oh God, what are they going to say? Yeah, I really thought that was going to be awful. <laughs> yeah, I, I genuinely wasn't sure where they were going to go. <laughs> yeah, it gave me a little apprehension there. Um, but yeah, then there, the. Just the gold bloom reveal uh, in that scene was amazing. I know we're all over the place uh, chronologically here, but um, only rivaled maybe his shirtless uh, counter scene. (laughs) Yes. Like the one note I found this is I don't know how Goldblum got so many jobs as an actor, but after seeing those two scenes, I understand it now. He could just stand there and just hire him. It it, it doesn't matter if he's good or not. He yes, this is '80s sex appeal to a tendency. Like his ears are a little weird. His face isn't. (laughs) perfectly like what you would consider male attractive attractiveness or i don't know but but it works i don't know like yeah i'm yeah. saying and then goldblum has mass sex appeal i will, yep yeah. there it is and it and this film also probably helped him as well because there's not a huge amount of long sentences that he has to say <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> which yeah. actually is kind of sad because now we don't get to make fun of his speech patterns <laughs> oh i know but we did get thor which yes you do need to see thor so you can because he is gold bloomy as all hell in thor oh, okay i can't wait yeah. then yes, yeah he, he is effectively jeff goldblum plain just him. turned up on set yeah like, he is plain himself essentially yeah. Well, maybe Mac gave him the touch and he just, you know, got uh, hypersensitive and all that. I well, think that's, hey, let's go with that theory. Together. Until you can prove us wrong, people. That's what we're going with. <laughs> and it, uh, even at the beginning, so yeah, opening credits, or just before the opening credits, and you see the three aliens there, and it's like, uh, I, I didn't fully get who the two aliens that were missing about were like I, I couldn't quite see the faces through the makeup and I didn't know that Jim Carrey and Damon Wayne were in this. And oh, then wow. and then the blue that. alien stands up and it's like, well that's Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can throw all the blue paint on him it's still gonna look yeah, it's still gonna be Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, the the other thing that I wrote down right at the beginning was you can tell exactly when this film's made. Simply from the computers. Oh, uh, I yes. Go ahead, Steve. Yeah. I think you had something to say. Oh no, I was just saying yes. Especially that scene where she goes all crazy and throws a bowling ball down. I still it. want to talk to that. Yes, let's use that as a segue to the scene because okay. that is my favorite number in the movie. Um, I don't know the name of the song. I just wrote down "Ground You Walked On." Um, <laughs> That's probably it. But I mean, in this scene, she microwaves a football. Uh, <laughs> she. She pours champagne on his um, expensive car named Fish. Yes. Um, and also, apparently, in this rage, 
uh, that we don't see set up two skis <laughs> on her dresser. <laughs> on the dresser. And, uh, perfectly like, oh, this is going to be so awesome when I pull this off. <laughs> like, I'm setting these skis up. I'm going to roll this bowling ball down. And uh, and then we do get a little callback to that when Jen shows up later in the movie. And he said, they said the yeah. Commodore would stand up to anything. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my goodness! As a previous owner of a Commodore sixty four, yes, they they don't stand up to much, but yeah. uh, <laughs> I'm sure that was the original pitch there. Right? Yeah, uh, I I remember um, there was a DOS for, like because everything you had to type into you know DOS on there to oh, get yes. to run all your programs. Yep. And uh, to, was that I used to do DOS? I'm very familiar. Yeah, so you just you have to you know you have to know all your prompt sequences and all that stuff but mm-hmm. um like one of my favorite programs was a, it would just do uh speech like you type it and it would speak that it back it. and it oh, was, wow. oh my gosh that's like a eight-year-old just making that thing swear was like the greatest thing ever and but you'd have to type <laughs> phonetically you know essentially right. cause, yeah because <laughs> otherwise it'd be like fook <laughs> fook you and I'm like no 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 how do i get you to say fuck yeah like um Hours are fun, so thank you, Commodore. But yeah, you don't, you didn't stand up to a bowling for sure. Yeah, I, I didn't. Uh, growing up, I didn't have a Commodore sixty four. I did, however, have uh, when my parents got a Windows ninety five computer. I got the computer that was before that, so I did have about a year of <laughs> DOS. DOS, mm-hmm. okay. Right. Yeah, I remember the black screen with the green writing. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I was wondering because they early on they show like the like potential makeover looks on a computer, yes. and I was like, I don't even know if that was possible on that. I don't even <laughs> very, I know. maybe that they maybe that was eight million dollars of the budget. Maybe yeah, <laughs> a very Max Headroom feel to that but screen. How ahead of their time the writers were though. That was the original Photoshop. Yeah, yeah, there yes, it really was. And it, it. and it was a very stereotypical. Like, pretty much any time you ever see anyone doing anything on a computer from. I think from about 2005 backwards, it was very much like, okay, so here's the computer, and then the image just changed. And look what I did. It's like, well, you didn't do anything. It's just, you're probably just typing about five random keys. And I'm fairly certain, as with all typing people, you never see them hit the space bar. It's all just one long key for oh, my yeah, enter. Yeah. I, yeah, I could go on and on about tro- uh, computer tropes in movies, but <laughs> yeah, how are you just uh, type anything in and it just pops up on the screen without a Google search or anything? Yeah. It's just exactly what you need. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was well, the exact same as anytime anyone on television or in film turns on a TV <laughs> within five seconds. Yes. The thing that they need to know is on the screen. I mean, hey, people have the best timing uh, other than myself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So I don't know where to even go from here because there's so many. I made so many notes on this, but um, I know we're jumping all over them. Like I said, chronologically, we're all over the place here, but it's one of those types of movies where we can do that <laughs> yeah, freely. It doesn't or, really or, matter if we're following. Yeah, so you've seen this movie or not. If you're listening to this for some reason and have not seen it, <laughs> well, I hope you're getting but a good idea. To be perfectly on. honest, if someone listened to this and then goes see the film, I don't think we spoiled it in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> no, not. Not yet. I mean, I'm, yeah. Um, I don't think it matters. I, no. Yeah, really, I don't think spoilers matter in this film. You're not watching to wait to see what happens in this. <laughs> and plus, I kind of sort of get the idea that people, will, while watching it, will know what's going to happen towards the end, anyways. It's the typical stereotypical '80s movie where A happens, B happens, C happens, the end, like usual. 
Yeah. Um, even though, spoiler of course, but even though her switch, like, five minutes earlier, she is sure she is going to marry Ted and is in love with Ted. <laughs> and, nah, I think I'm in love with Mac. <laughs> I'm going to go away forever <laughs> with <laughs> leave yeah. my friends, my job, the only life I've ever known. <laughs> the only planet I've ever known. Such is Jeff Goldblum's sexiness <laughs> that you will just go off to another planet with him. I mean, to be perfectly honest, I kind of expected Candy to be like, take me with you. Right at I, the end. I could have sworn she did go into the original, because that's what I was waiting for, too. And I, I, I was always under the insufferent. Um, I was under, oh, no, I can't even say the word. Canadian Steve is all boggled up. Um, I always thought that she was going to end up with both. I know it's right. bad to say, well, but both Jim Carrey and Damon Wayans, and they would hook up together and have like a little threesome or something. Because that's what it kept seeming like to me, at least. <laughs> I don't, I don't, yeah, I mean, I, I found it interesting to watch because obviously Whiplock and Zebra are the ones that are like go crazy at the beginning. Oh yeah, Jim Carrey's humping everything in the spaceship, yeah. and a yeah. little too crazy to yeah. to the point of annoying. Yeah. Well, so so horny that they caused the spaceship to crash. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I found it weird that Zebo doesn't really seem to get with anyone at any point. Like he dances, and that's it. Like he says, no, he, he just Maybe seems to kind of be there and just be a bit crazy. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't want to get it into two racial things there, but I feel like that was pretty much what <laughs> uh, that was expected of that character. I don't think writing was really too concerned with yeah, developing yeah, him. <laughs> uh, the other point about Zebo that I didn't get was that why was he trying to drink everything and none of the other two were? Well, like he was literally drinking lava lamps, drinking the fish, drinking this, drinking that. And it's like, are they trying to say that he likes to like drink alcohol too? I was to say, yeah, maybe he's an alcoholic. <laughs> he's yeah. just uh, uh, an alien alcoholic. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. And there's no other characterization to them really. So. <laughs> yes, we know he's good at dancing and he drinks anything in sight. Yeah. Yeah, which kind of kind of something I was a little disappointed with with this film is that the aliens, with the exception of Jeff Goldblum, the aliens are just very. I mean, they're very id, and like that's it. They're just two dimensional. Jim Carrey's the one that is apparently girl crazy and end characterization there, and then the uh, Damon Wayne's one, as you said, he drinks stuff and <laughs> is possibly girl crazy. That's about it again. Mm-hmm. And, and the- then, and then Goldblum is the sensitive, um, introspective type or something. He's the one that like adapts, obviously the the, the fastest yeah. of all of them well, into speaking what, normal human sentences. Yeah. Well, that's why yeah. he's the captain. How'd you brought that point up now? Because at first they didn't understand English and they were only able to emulate what we're saying to the point where even sound effects and then all of a sudden now he knows how to speak english and he understands the language when did yeah. that transition yeah i know it's a like i i can buy that okay you say like okay these aliens can adapt quickly but it, it happened like one scene to the next like one exactly. scene you're you're doing a, a tv sound effects or quotes that you heard on the tv and then the next you're speaking in american speech patterns yeah um pausing using the syntax correctly you know and uh, okay you know i know it's a it's a pretty ridiculous uh um, critique to have on a 1988 campy movie but about aliens that crash aliens that are trying to have sex with gina davis yeah um but but there it is yeah that still kind of bugged me yeah yeah well i mean 
now that we've seen Arrival, we're even more critical. Like, no, this is how language could have <laughs> <laughs> Oh, is that what? Yeah, maybe they were just trying to get laid, the Arrival. <laughs> yeah. I was like, can we just, yeah. <laughs> I'm just stuck here with Abbott, and yeah, and yeah, Abbott and I don't see eye to eye, so yeah, we're just trying well, to get And some how, how annoying would that be as well? Like, if they were as sexually frustrated as these aliens clearly are, mm-hmm. and yet they know how it's going to end, and they're just like, Okay, <laughs> we're gonna do it anyway. <laughs> Maybe they had had a two week dry spell, which is um, apparently, you know, like I said, enough to make you leave your home planet. So, yeah. <laughs> and that was uh, the other thing why were they even in space? They never really explained that either, right? They were just traveling through space. Goldblum was the captain and with his two crewmates, and that's it. Yeah, we don't no, really get like a mission statement like a la Star Trek or yeah. anything of that nature as to what they're searching for. Like, were they just cruising? <laughs> were they out cruising around? I guess. Yeah, all they keep saying is that they're trying to get home, mm-hmm. but they didn't seem to be going to home. No, at the time, like I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if they were on vacation. What the? Yeah, like because she says at one point, like, "Do you like your job as a like a you have like a spaceship pilot?" Yeah. Like, yep, <laughs> or whatever he said. <laughs> and I'm like, so okay, so that's he's employed. Where are his employers? <laughs> Aren't they radioing him or contacting him? Unless they were open for a sequel, and then his employers would come to Earth or something. Who knows? I uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Only madness only lies ahead in trying to reason <laughs> out all of this stuff. Um, yeah. Now, I I was trying to think the oddest scene okay. in this entire so, film. Okay. Could I up for uh, debate? I'm sure. But well, no, as I was watching it, like I yeah. going all the way through, we got through the the dance sequence in the nightclub, and I was like. Okay, this whole nightclub scene was just weird. Like, it was really It weird. was a little extraneous. And then yeah. the dream sequence happened. Oh, my God, the dream sequence. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, yeah, I just wrote down, forget what I said before, this dream scene is just even more insane. I, my note is literally... Mwah, the word M-W-A-H, like kissing your lips and going, like, when you eat the best meal of your life. Mwah. Uh... It's so beautifully mad. Uh, it, I wrote it. It, it reminded me a lot of um, if you're familiar with Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, that hotel lobby scene where everyone so. starts, where Johnny Depp's character, uh, everyone starts turning into lizard people, and like the the rug is coming up and like and turning into serpents and stuff. Like it was so unreal and insane. Like. Yeah, I, I just love it. That was the side effect of the Goldblum touch. You have yeah. these crazy Possibly. dreams. Oh, yeah, she was having a bad trip from the Goldblum touch. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, cause I, and it starts out, and you just think, oh, they've gone a bit stylish with like the morning after. It's mm. gone black and white. And then, nope, okay, this clearly is not happening. It's just... It's just everything everywhere is how I was just uh, Yeah, so is many... there is that where Robbie the Robot pops up? Yep. Yeah. Pretty much know. every sci-fi robot mm-hmm. is in it. Yeah, uh, I and, and then uh, Woody is there. Uh, no, not Woody, sorry. Ted is there. Uh, for some reason I got the name for that. Ted's there uh, just as... In a spacesuit, doctor a with just a helmet. Like, yeah, like I, uh-huh. I thought he had a, a spacesuit on as well, but he's just wearing the helmet, which he wears for about a minute, and then he just takes it off. Just <laughs> he, I'm done wearing the helmet. Apparently, I really want to see this, like the script. <laughs> I just want well, to know how that read on the page. Maybe this was like you know how 
uh, not to be gross people out, but how they make nuggets and all that. It's all the scraps of the leftover meat. Mm-hmm. This was like all the scraps from the writer's room. They don't know what to do with it. Oh, let's just put it all in one scene. Here you go. I think that, so. Yeah. They had access to the back lot one afternoon. <laughs> you know, more and more we talk, I think our drugs theory is accurate. <laughs> there was a lot of drugs on this set. <laughs> Yeah, I I like to think that it was only the crew that took uh, the drugs. Like all uh-huh. the actors are stone cold sober, and they're like, "Okay," and the director's like, "More, more, do more." <laughs> it was just Stephen King on maximum overdrive. Yeah, just, <laughs> he maximum coked out. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Everyone's dying laughing, <laughs> looking at the rushes, and then the actors are like, eh, "We'll be in our trailer." <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, I have a couple other things I know. Um, so, low-cal Pop-Tarts in the refrigerator. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's all I have. <laughs> I was like, okay, so she puts her Pop-Tarts in the refrigerator. Keeps it fresh. Okay. I guess I've been storing my Pop-Tarts incorrectly, but good to know. Uh, moving on. <laughs> I was like, that for some reason, I thought that was noteworthy, and that really bugged me. Yeah. Well, maybe not. Not just. Yeah. I mean, uh, try, trying to bring any sort of logic here. Maybe it just means that when you toast it, mm-hmm. it doesn't come out burning hot in the center. Is that oh. more palatable? Uh, you might, Paul. You might be a damn genius. I don't. We need to test this out. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> going, <laughs> I'm going to go buy some pop tarts after this. Uh, <laughs> apple cinnamon, or cinnamon, uh, oh, or cinnamon brown sugar, of course. Okay. <laughs> Um, can we talk about Woody? Oh, I know I said we would get to this. Um, yeah, go ahead, Steve. Woody. Uh, um, what do you think of Woody? When I was younger, I don't know who the actor was, but uh-huh. now watching obviously the the Breaking Bad series and the spinoff, mm-hmm. I was like, oh my god, is that him? So I had to IMDb it, and sure enough, it was. And I was like, yeah. oh, like he. Oh. This is like early, well, not early because it's after Cheech and Chong, but it's like, I don't even know how to describe this character. He's he, Obviously, he's on something 24-7. He's your stere- stereotypical California surfer dude mm-hmm. who knows nothing but to surf and to cause trouble and get other people in trouble. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, heart of gold, but but still just, you know, comes from a good place. But yeah, still gets people landed in trouble nonetheless. Um, but yeah, I had forgotten. I messaged my friend and said, I forgot all about... Uh, Michael McKeon being like the um, like just like this stoner kind of deadbeat surf surfer pool boy, um, and it's he is amazing. Like he is as good as Gina Davis's performance is. I think it's really good for this film. I think Goldblum is fantastic in this. Yeah. Um, you won't catch me saying Goldblum is bad in too much, yeah. <laughs> um, even though he's in some bad movies. Um, resurgence, looking at you, um, but. I thought he was the uh, the gem in this. I I thought he was fantastic as this character. Oh, and yeah. knowing um, this is Mr. Green from Clue yeah. and um, all of the Christopher Guest movies. I think, uh, well, I think, yeah, he's been in some of the Christopher Guest movies. Yeah. Um, yeah uh, Better Call Saul, of course. Uh, yeah. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Uh, but he, yeah, I love Michael McGann so much. And just to see him as this character, it, it was a little bit, I mean, parallels, easy parallels to um, Sean Penn as Spicoli in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yeah. Um, that's that's what was on the tip of my tongue. You're right. So, yeah, very much this veteran drama actor, but seeing him as this deadbeat stoner character, yeah, it was fantastic. And I, it was such a joy because, like I said, I'd forgotten he was in this at all. Um, yeah, he stole the movie for me. Without oh, a doubt. 
especially that gas station scene. Actually, I take it back. That's my favorite scene of the movie. When they go in there with, with the fake gun and the uh-huh. forecast and then thinks they're actually robbing them. And Jim Carrey and Wayne's think that, oh, this guy's just being nice and giving us all the stuff. Okay, bye. Like so naive, so oblivious to everything. Oh my God. That, oh, I couldn't stop laughing at that scene. Yeah. Well, and then you've got uh, when... Woody goes in and just like, oh, God, someone just robbed us. And it's like, oh, my friends are out there. It's like, ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, and just, yeah, they, they have guns. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was a great my friends. Right? Yeah. I forgot about that. And too. then your friends that immediately screw you over. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. And, uh, quote, steal your, your wagon, your uh, Woody wagon. <laughs> and then probably the biggest suspense of disbelief in the entire film when they end up wedging the car in the donut. Like, yeah. how? <laughs> Where did they somehow take that car? <laughs> Was there a ramp just they decided to try and go off of? <laughs> I don't but, know. Yeah. It is. They ran out of, again, the budget because of all the drugs. And you just have to imagine that they have the power to levitate cars and put them where they want. Because they're aliens, right? Yeah, I mean, either that or this car is related to the Bluesmobile. And it's just able to do this sort of stuff, just cause. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have no idea. I, I just like I can't process this, so I'm just going to yeah. keep moving past. <laughs> yeah, that, um, and I I didn't fully understand when Gina Davis is like, I need to get my pool emptied, and now it has to be Woody. And I was like, it seems right. weird that she's insisting on this guy, and then he turns up and she's like, oh. And, okay, so this bothered me. I'm so glad you brought this because I entirely forgot, and I didn't even make a note of this. So he put, shows up to the pool and takes out like a pool skimmer to walk. Why are you, you don't need, why do you need the pool skimmer to empty the pool? I don't. Like, <laughs> you you want to make sure it's clean, but I, uh, hey, I don't know. I'm not a pool boy. Maybe I'm talking out of my ass here and don't know, you know, pool boys the world over yelling at me right now. Um, that's 90% of our listener base is pool boys. Yeah. Um, but... I mean, they got to listen to something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I'm like, okay, I guess maybe that makes sense. You don't want leaves clogging the stuff as you're... People, but I don't yeah. know. Like it seemed I, like he was doing maintenance, not. Uh, and yeah. can't anyone just empty? That's what I thought need, too. Do you need to be a, a trained pool boy to to maybe, empty the water? Maybe I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they had to introduce his character somehow. Are you really annoyed? Yeah, that they I did? suppose. Yeah, I mean, and I'm glad they did. Like I said, he was the the highlight oh, of the film for me. Of characters before I forget, what about the crazy old neighbor with the hearing machine? Oh, and the, oh, oh and the, there were two different neighbors, right? Yeah, so we had the beehive lady with the listening device. Yep. Yes. Um, and who was the other one? Uh, yeah, I, I don't remember the other one because uh, whenever I think about mm-hmm. them, they, you had, like you said, the beehive neighbor with the listening device is also apparently a fantastic painter. Uh-huh. She's yeah. painting. Oh, yeah, we always saw the other one uh, first, but sorry, I, yeah, my brain scrambled by this movie. I can't think of the other one, but yeah, very nosy neighbors. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I just don't. I don't know. That this film really does kind of shove so much at you that you don't have a lot of time. Oh, to it's an assault on the senses for sure. <laughs> the, the the color saturate, like the the coloring, the the characters. I mean, you are bombarded, which is why I said I, I kind of regret being sober for this. <laughs> like I felt like I needed a little bit of something from the set. 
more of a downer, downer, I think, from the set than a number. Right. Uh, that tracks, but yeah. No, but that's true, yeah. <laughs> I don't think you need an upper with this. It's its own upper. No, 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 not at all. Um, I'm sure everyone else caught the Mel Gibson reference that didn't quite age so well. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, not so much anymore. Um, well, I mean, yeah, unfortunately, there's always going to be something like that when you're watching a film that's yeah, you know, 30 years old. Yeah. You, you're going to have someone say like yeah oh well no one's quite as good as blah 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 and you and then you realize that you have no idea who they're talking about and you've got to actually <laughs> google to, oh back then he was a heart throb. got it <laughs> <laughs> there's a uh, another thing i wanted to read by you paul um now the name of the club that they had the dance off in did you catch that uh to be honest, no. No, okay. So it felt like a Futurama joke to me. Okay. Uh, it was Club Deca Dance. Decadence. Oh, okay. um, Futurama, I'd like to think, would be Decahedron Dance. Yeah. But probably. <laughs> but I, that kind of made me smile for a second. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, no nightclub would actually come up with a name like that. <laughs> like, be, like, they should just have, if that's your name for the club, it should also have a parenthetical. Get it? Question mark? Yeah. <laughs> like, right on the sign as well. Like, uh, yeah, if it was Future Armor, it would be, be the number 10A dance. Like that would oh, be... yeah, yeah. You, you have to do a little more research, a little more yeah. homework. Yeah, a little more work into it, yeah. Um, but yeah, the second best sign, I think, in movies, uh, as opposed, I think the first being Ferris Bueller's State of Shay Keys. Do you remember? Are you familiar with that one, Canadian uh, I, Steve? I say I'm not. I don't know about which. What Ferris Bueller? The well, are you familiar with the movie Ferris? Bueller? Yes, yes. I'm okay. Not, so I'm when not, they eat yeah. at the fancy French restaurant, right? Yeah, it's Shay oh, Keys, yeah. which is Shakey's Pizza. Which, if you're not familiar, is like a kind of regional chain right. of like fast casual pizza, shitty pizza parlor. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, that was one of my favorite references growing up. Yeah, I, I love those visual gags. But decadence, yeah, was was pretty pretty good. <laughs> I guess <laughs> in that way, in the way of this. One. Yeah. Um, I don't know where to go from here. Uh, if yeah, I, I any other shining lights or favorite bits that we say, haven't I, touched on. I don't have any more notes really, except like right at the end, I just wrote down. I honestly don't know what the point of this film was. Like, um, just... I was trying to suss out themes and stuff, and yeah, you could yeah you could try to get too serious with it, and I think that's a fool's errand. Um, yeah, but it's just yeah, like I was looking like apparently Roger Ebert liked this. Um, you know, Leonard Maltin. <laughs> Enjoyed the silliness. Um, yeah, it's yeah. Don't overthink this one. Don't try to. Yeah. I was trying to think out like too many like sex positive themes and stuff, and yeah. or like male horniness and stuff like that. No, it's just a silly, campy '80s movie, and just enjoy it on that level. Yeah, I thought it was going to be a lot worse than what I remembered. I was going into some like, oh no, the male chauvinistic side is going to show so much through it, and yeah, it pops up every once in a while. But mm-hmm. I thought it would be a lot worse than it is. So uh, at yeah. least that, to the to that credit, yeah, they didn't. Luckily, we didn't get too much of Ted um, because obviously he does represent that because um, he has that line early on. You can't expect me to be more evolved than I really am. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and and the um, the bit at the end where they yeah they're gonna go to Vegas and get married, and he's calling what the the other doctor or the nurse or something. To be, you need to get someone else to cover my shift. I'm getting married. Well, just because I'm getting married doesn't mean we have to stop seeing each other. <laughs> Well, I mean, if you're a lying piece of shit, why would you tell her you're getting married? Like, just 
make up some excuse that she would be okay with. Um, Not to give you advice here, Ted, on how to be a shitty person, but... uh, (laughs) Well, he he has the cast at the end. He's fine. Oh, absolutely. Uh Right, because then he transferred his touch onto the cat, so... Mm. There you go. I I don't know. I think the cat was, like, didn't have the touch at all, but the cat was just like, yeah, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I I did have a couple more uh, things I wanted to run by you guys. Um, I don't know. I wanted wanted to have your back here, Val, uh, Valerie, but I don't think she actually understands how law or real estate law works. Um, (laughs) Because what she says... Uh, you know, Ted doesn't live there anymore because she threw him out. Yeah. Like, I don't think that the wall is going to see things that uh, way. Uh, <laughs> if Ted's name is on that front. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, that's the thing. We have no idea what their actual living <laughs> status is. Like, like, no, you don't live here. I threw you out. Uh, I pay the bill. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's that. Well, there's also, I don't know what the common law uh, And they were is. not married. Well, they, they might not be married, right. but if they're living together for a set amount of time. Oh, hey, Paul, that's a good point. If yeah, if they were common law married, um, perhaps she does have some legal standing. Uh, get back to us, uh, legal pool boys. Better. Um, <laughs> and uh, and no, a little something. Well, um, one other thing as well. Like she, she kicks him out. She said, "I don't want to see you again." And then she throws his car keys at him. He gets in the car, and she then runs outside. Going, yeah. Where are you going? I didn't mean what. <laughs> I hate you. I never want to see you again. I'm going to microwave your football and throw a bully ball on your fucking computer. Please come back. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, she was very, um, I don't know, I guess naive. Even that scene where she tries to surprise him when he shows up with his assistant and she's hiding in the closet and she pops up and so naive. Oh, you brought one of your friends. Like, if that yeah. was nowadays, that one woman would have out there night, with a baseball bag. Late night home meetings. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. How naive. Oh, yeah. And well, I think... Talking, yeah, go ahead. He would have got away with it. Like if he was, if he was a better liar, and he was, oh yeah, yeah, she's just a friend for dinner. He would have totally got away with it. Well, yeah, I think it's just part of that '80s and '90s thing of just in film that women just want to land a guy, it, and that they have no worth yes. of their own or anything, you know, and and they're lower intelligent, you know, they seem to play on that a lot. Yeah. Um, I, I, that they're just trying to land a guy, and that. I'm sorry, I was the one that was wrong and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But there's also, it seems as though she's kind of, like, obviously not as bad as Ted in terms of, like, obviously she's not going out sleeping with other guys until Matt comes along and all that, but, like, she seems to really just want to be with Ted more as a status thing than anything else because she's, she's upset that he cheated on her. But aside from that, she didn't really seem to care too much about not really being with him anymore. And, and why even together in the first place? Like, remember those flashbacks where she's being such a klutz and ruining everything for him? And it's like, why would you still want to stay with someone like that then if you despise her this much? Yeah, and it, well, and I guess that's supposed to be her realizing, oh, like he's always been this way or something. But it, yeah, it, it definitely seems like either she's supposed to be someone that is as superficial as Ted is, or she's someone who has an IQ in the single digits. Like, it's just someone that just 
doesn't get it at all. I think so, yeah. No, yeah, she has these moments of unbelievable stupidity that really bugged me, but, um, <laughs> like, and I hate how that was written, but, I mean, I, I'll talk it up to the time yeah, period, yeah. hopefully. Um, yeah. I mean, they were writing, effectively, a screwball romantic comedy, yeah. so... She yeah. did, I gotta get this before we're done, but she did have my favorite line of the film, and this seriously made me laugh. Um, when the aforementioned when uh, Canadian Steve, our uh, awesome guest, brought up um, Goldblum's advances, uh, perhaps unwanted, um, she was being rational and at one point said the phone bills would be hell. <laughs> and that really tickled me. <laughs> I don't know. Yep. I don't know why, but yeah, like the long distance. I don't know. I thought that was fucking hilarious yeah and then we got the titular line because it is an 80s movie we have the theme song uh and then we have you know i don't want you to think uh, i'm sorry if i'm butchering it but i don't want you to think earth girls are easy yeah that was was yeah Mm -hmm. and it really was it's kind of funny to see like the way that her character was thinking of it it's like he's there right now clearly very into her and she's into him and she's then immediately thinking of well, you know, when you go back to your planet and we'll have to call each other up and it's like, <laughs> um, you're missing the point right now. <laughs> oh my yeah. And who, and what kind of ambassador is she anyways to feel that? Like, who, who is she? Like, wouldn't she care that, oh, maybe something else is wrong with the planet? Oh, no, no, no. They're going to worry about that. We're easy. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is the one thing I don't <laughs> want you to, yeah, get the mis, uh, you know, misrepresent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And- yeah, because the, the kind of thing that's kind of nice, actually, about this film is that it doesn't even try and take itself remotely seriously in that respect. Like, aliens have landed. We have proof of first contact. Yes. And yeah. it's not like, you know, oh, these aliens will make our lives better with their technology and stuff like that. And it's not like, oh, no, they come to destroy us. It is just... Well, we we want to go home, and if we sleep with some people, cool. And I will paint a <laughs> painting of them and not question anything yeah Um, and even from the aliens perspective uh from what we understand this is the species first time on earth it seems at the the very least at least these three yeah Um, and they have no knowledge of earth so that is the lack of their curiosity as a interstellar species yeah is uh rodney dangerfield and caddyshack well, let's get, everybody's getting laid. Okay. Um, yeah. But and and also try and think like after the film's ended and they arrive home and they're the only shaved beings on oh, the planet. Oh yeah. Uh, I don't know how violent their species is, but I'm assuming they'll be murdered on sight. Well, not, not even just that. Uh, apparently, uh, like if these three are indicative of the rest of the species, two thirds are thinking entirely with their lower half. So mm-hmm. when a female arrives on the planet that apparently oh. everyone's attracted to, it's just going to be a bloodbath. Well, you never know. It kind of worked for, for Smurfette in the Smurfs, right? So maybe it'll work out here. Uh, you know, yeah, I'm a little rusty on my Smurf knowledge. but <laughs> oh, yeah, The man. only female in the entire village. That well, one. yeah, I mean, that's not, yeah. I, mean, I, I, I will direct you to Donnie Darko for an appropriate response to that sentence. Though, so. Okay, all right. We will uh, <laughs> maybe dive into that off mic. But... <laughs> I don't know. I... I don't. I think I'm through all of my notes here, I, Paul. I had to say, I feel about as exhausted as after I watched the film. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It really. I mean, no. I. 
I want to ask you and Steve as well, but uh, that being said, I recommend watching this film. Oh, yeah. Um, 100%. If you have not seen this, watch yeah. it. Um, and if for some reason you're listening to this and have not watched <laughs> it up to this point, good for you. Uh, I'm not yeah. going to judge how you do things, but um, yeah, give it a rewatch, even if it's been a few years. Um, because... And rewatch it after you're also high too there you go yeah maybe if if you're so inclined to smoke something yeah maybe smoke a little yeah. something and or then watch or this or even just imbibing in your favorite beverage like yeah, just, yeah um, give mm-hmm. yourself a little help and i would say if you have seen it before yeah don't feel like you can't like you have to pause it to walk like you can let it play like yeah. um awesome. yeah you can go to the bathroom and you're not going to miss a whole lot um yeah. and this yeah. is my last comment too it's like especially nowadays with today's movies where they're so long anywhere from two to three hours oh yeah i think this is the amount of time where yeah i dragged a little but that's because more of the con- convoluted storyline but all in all it didn't seem like it was that long to me it, it, it flew pretty quick yeah it's like an hour 40 or something like that yeah and uh, i think uh yeah about an hour 35 of actual content and then you got uh, the end credits so yeah it's, yeah the but, um the, the third act did drag a little bit for me well, um, only because you knew where it was gonna go yeah it just got kind of muddy and, and it kind of lost a lot of its momentum as well yeah. i think in the right. third act uh the the silliness and kind of ridiculousness of this first you know hour that first hour 15 but well and also there were a couple of moments towards the end where they were making all of their noises and stuff and it really felt like they were going to do one last musical number and mm-hmm. then they just didn't just didn't. no <laughs> we should have had the blonde number at the end yes yeah. <laughs> so yeah. we can decide to turn it off or not <laughs> yeah yeah well, you know some sort of uh like medical theme thing when they're in the, the ER room when mm-hmm. he's about to basically perform an autopsy mm-hmm. on them. Like it, mm-hmm. it really felt like they were going to do one final. They just kind of stopped it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, oh, music uh, building, music I have building, music building, one, let's go. <laughs> one last thing to bring up, and I'm sure we're probably at time here, but um, because of one of the lines, um, because there's multiple references to other sci-fi and other films in, in this movie, but one that I really made me think was she said, Whiplock, I think I'll miss you most of all. Uh, uh, a, a nod to Wizard of Oz. Technically, correct? or wait, uh, did I script uh, the line? Technically, she said, I'll miss you least. Least? Did she say least? She said least. I, oh, did she really? Okay. Yes, she so, apologies. Okay, but still a reference. There. Yes, definitely. Um, which well, makes me think. Is this a Jacob's Ladder? <laughs> um, has everything from the pool scene been in her mind? Could be. Oh. Very much could be. That, you know, because why everyone's so cool with these aliens. Um, and all the characters. Everyone falls into the, even Toto could be, I guess, the cat. And then you have all the yeah. characters. Right, so, they all fit into their. Yep. So the film actually ends with her drowning in her pool because yes. she hit her head. Yes, she okay. somehow fell in the. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. So she's sunbathing and yeah, um, yeah. has a mental break because she even says, "I Ted, I'm not going to let you affect my mind," you know, like yeah. or something along those lines. And yeah, um, well, that, those were the last throws. Uh, well, yeah, that, that would make her character's last name appropriate as well, given that it is Gale. Mm-hmm. I don't. Uh, mm-hmm. For those of you that somehow don't know, Dorothy Gale is uh, the name of the character from The Wizard of Oz. So, like, well, Va- Valerie Gale, some sort of uh, distant cousin I think, or something. I think we cracked it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, problem solved. That's it. <laughs> That's your film. <laughs> but instead of a tornado, it's drowning in a pool. <laughs> exactly. Uh, slightly darker, <laughs> perhaps. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I could just imagine the beehive neighbor now. She, the painting was not a spaceship in the pool. It was the dead body floating. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> probably. Oh my god, yeah, that would surprise me. A Deadpool uh-huh. the teaser trailer. Um, I do think the one neighbor was a Nazi, not not her, the other one, because she held a Luger in the window. Not that all Luger owners are not, but I just like she was of a certain age, and this was the eighties. Yeah, I'm like, oh, she's a Nazi. Um, yeah. <laughs> So on that note, <laughs> on that note uh, thank you very much for coming on Canadian Steve. Yes. I hope you don't regret it too much. Uh, oh no! Oh no! No, even if he would, he's too nice to ever say. Yes, <laughs> he did. Um, so, so why don't you tell everyone where they can find you, and like now you can be known as more than simply Canadians. Sure, perfect. So. When I'm not Canadian Steve on this podcast, I am the host of the podcast that's available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud. I drop an episode every week. It's me and uh, I guess I call them my gangling fool of co-hosts because I have to wrangle them all together. Sometimes it gets out of hand, so it's for good podcasting. If you like to laugh, check it out. And uh, that's about it. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram. I'm also known as Finga Styles. That's F-I-N-G-A. S T Y L Z, and that's about it. All right, that sounds good. <laughs> and uh, is that your Twitter handle, or is it- yes, it's Twitter. My Instagram. This way, if you Google what I just spelt, you'll find me because there's no one else in the world that has that Twitter handle or known anywhere. It doesn't matter. Okay. There's, right. It's even funny. I've gone back to old accounts where I thought I've never set something up, and I've set it up with that same name. And it so happens I have already set it up like five, six years ago. So it, it, it's holding up. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. <Good> to know. <laughs> yeah. in, in at least one way, it's holding up. So there you go. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, again, thank you very much for coming on. It was a lot of fun to talk about this film with you. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, really enjoyed it. So, yeah. yeah. No, likewise here. Anytime you guys want me on, just put up the bat signal, then I guess I'll be there. All right. All right. Well, sounds we'll, good. We'll bear that in mind. <laughs> All right, well, uh, with all that being said, then, I've been Paul. I've been Brian. And I'm Canadian Steve. (laughs) Bye, folks. (laughs) Peace. In case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Hang on a minute, lads. I've got a great idea. Uh. Louis, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.